0: You are listening to The Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number 11.
1: Welcome to The Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young.
0: Well, hello. I hope you're... uh... Having a not just a good day, but a great day. I have to say, I've uh, this getting old thing is just I'm sore, my back hurts. Went for a run yesterday, my calf kind of seized up. (laughs) There's nothing, there's just there's nothing fun about getting old, but anyways, (laughs) maybe we can talk about that on a cast. I'm enjoying really putting these podcasts together, and and today is a good show. Have a surprise guest. Well. Not a live one, but recorded. I think you'll you'll like it. Had some more great feedback from readers on the book. This is from Amazon. Says, a cautionary tale for those of us who care for elderly family. I can relate to this book completely as I have been taking care of my elderly mom for over a decade. The author takes us on a journey that thousands of people in America walk. Being the sandwich generation, raising children of your own and taking care of elderly family. Simultaneously, he shows us how horribly things can go if you don't get everything in writing, and gives new meaning to the phrase "no good deed goes unpunished." Thank you so much for uh, for that. Just the book—it's uh, still staying around the top ten in its category for the last few weeks, and I'm Kay and I are just so very grateful. I had some negative feedback, which I look forward to reviewing with you next week. That'll be fun. Well, <laughs> maybe not fun. It might be uh, like sticking a sharp object through my throat, but we'll we'll do it. We'll get through it. So on today's show, it's all about intentions. First, I want to take a look at yours, what I mean by intentions. We'll define that and look at it uh, from maybe a personal side, some business-related relationships. And then, and then in this week's What We Should Have Done segment, I'll cover Graham's thoughts on intentions. Very, very interesting, good stuff. And then inspiration from Jim Carrey, And a little treat for you, great comeback story that I don't think a lot of people know about Jim. I mean, you know, he's a a famous actor and comedian, but uh, where he came from and what he overcame is pretty cool. And then we'll finish with what you can do to live by or connect to your real intentions. Let me start uh, today with defining what I mean by living by intentions. And, And Wayne Dyer, his great book, it's called The Power of Intention, it was de- he defined it as intention is a force that everywhere existing in the form of field of energy it's not limited to physical development it's also a source of non-physical development this field of intention again he has he, he talks a lot about this field here it's present it's within reach and you can activate it your life will take on a whole new meaning and you will be guided by your infinite self so it's really your your connection to god and within yourself and and actually looking at it from a science angle which you guys know I like to do that. The power of intention has the ability to literally change the shape of our brains. This process is known as neuroplasticity. That's uh, this week's, it's our hard work for WC to pronounce this week. Neuroplasticity. aside so quick note, I had, um, I had an investor that would always say I was an idiot because there were words I couldn't pronounce. You know, there I just don't always pronounce words right, but I'm getting better. So neuro plasticity (laughs) is the ability of the brain to form and and reorganize connections it's the brain's ability to adapt to new unexpected challenges and it's typically stimulated through the repetition of a particular type of behavior that you do but where we often i think where we get in trouble and i think a lot of people are living this way when their intentions are the following number one my stuff what i have possessions define me In the book, I talk about high-priced suits and shoes and accessories and nice homes and and watches and and all of these things defining myself as successful, which I think those are great to have goals for those possessions. But when you grow up um, lower income, let's just say I was poor, to be straightforward, right? Possessions become important to you, even though they really shouldn't be. Second area that gets us in trouble, you say my life depends on what God thinks of me. Am I doing the right things in God's eyes? Now, I'm not religious, and you've, you've heard me talk about that, but spiritual, and in another a future podcast, I want to cover that. So what I see from very religious people, again, there's not a right or wrong, is if they don't measure up in the eyes of their God, whatever that is, however they define it, then life's not good. They're a failure. Number three, my profession. What I do for a living defines me. Is it glamorous enough? I used to, I used to think... Uh, Saying I was an entrepreneur or an investor made me better than everyone. Do you meet people who tell you they're a lawyer or a doctor or whatever within the first five seconds? Or maybe maybe where they went to school? Do you do this when you interact with others? Got to keep that in check. Fourth area, my reputation defines who I am or who I can be. Now pretend like yours is gone. Who are you? So you have no reputation. No, really. Who are you then? That's something to think about. Number five, what are my achievements and are they good enough? Do I have as many or more awards than you do? Six, number six, we're separate from others. Better shape, better looking, smarter, more charismatic. Ooh, that's a tough one, charismatic. <laughs> I, always, I always thought I was, uh, was better or different, uh, not equal. Do you ever meet people like that? And lastly, I'm doing what others think is great, important. Uh, Not what you think. Are are you doing what others think is great? Right? Uh, You you get in trouble with those. It might be things like: is your mom, your dad, your grandparents, former teacher, coach, boyfriend, girlfriend, sibling, uh, whoever it is, friend, still in your head? Are their voices still telling you that about what you should be doing or why you should be doing it? How about in business? If you're uh, if you're running one right now or an entrepreneur maybe a business manager, uh, you, you've got a lot of weight on your shoulders to take care of a department or a division. I like the Ink Magazine article on it. It says, the power of intention brings energy to our words and actions and assures that we can accomplish our pur- purpose. Okay, Our conscious intention works for us like a good business plan. If our words and actions don't serve the goals set out in the plan, we know we, we don't need to waste energy on them. If they do serve the goals though, our full awareness of that makes them more effective. So some questions, are you in, in your role that you're serving your company's real intentions? So in your role, are you serving your company's real intentions? How about your professional growth or your career track? Do you believe you're making some, uh, some kind of difference with the business or company beyond just getting paid? If you're a business owner um, or, or, or you influence the products, or the the services of the company, maybe you want to create an intention for your products, your services, your customers. If you're an employee, what is the intention of your career? And we'll get to to some of these ideas, both, as I mentioned, personally, business-related relationships. We'll get to some of those shortly. So in the what we should have done segment, most of the evil in this world is done by and through good intentions. That's a quote from Ian Rand. Now, Graham had some, some great thoughts on intentions. and in, in the book, I write, this is uh, chapter four, I write, Graham was an example to my sister and me, showing us the importance of intentions. She taught us that intent is not only nine-tenths of the law, but nine-tenths of your actions. When things went wrong, she would ask a simple question. What were your intentions? I still remember that to the day. Some Something would happen, and she would say that. I write, I always took her words, actually, the, I, um, it, it, the thing is, I always took her words to heart. And when I was younger, I think I probably thought she was a looney tune or an old lady. But of course, as I matured, I realized that um, she was really trying to get across that you want to strive in your life to have good intentions. Grandma was this incredible light. She, she, never, she never let you leave her house empty handed, even if it was uh, like old candy, uh, a disc. I talk about the book. A disc, discolored vase that was actually uh, cracked. And one of my favorites was uh, molded banana bread. But now her non-molded banana bread was incredible. I mean, to this day, my, my wife still uses her um, ingredients and and the way that she did it and makes it. But it wasn't about you. It was her intention to make you feel good, feel wanted, for you to receive something from her, something of value, something that meant something to her, now she was giving it over to you. It was authentic, authentic. It was a an act of kindness.
1: Just a quick break to let you know that today's podcast is sponsored by the Amazon Associates Program, which is one of the largest affiliate networks in the world that helps content creators, publishers, and website owners monetize their traffic.
0: Our inspiration story this week is Jim. Kerry, most people have heard of... Uh, You've heard of his visioning, and he, he wrote himself a check for twenty million dollars. At the time, he was just a a wannabe actor trying to make it in uh, Hollywood. If you've heard those stories, but he wrote himself a twenty million dollar check, and then he ends up getting paid that much to do a movie, and it's really good stuff. If you haven't heard the story? Uh, please look it up. Some background for you on Jim. He was his actual name was James Eugene Carey. He was born in 1962, and Canada it was actually Ontario, Ontario, Canada, and was the youngest of four kids. Kerry was uh, an extrovert from day one. What a, what a shocker if you've ever seen his uh, stand-up. As a child, he performed constantly for anyone who would watch. He even mailed his resume to the Carol Burnett Show when he was about 10. Now, I didn't know this one, but in junior high, he was granted a few minutes at the end of each school day to do stand-up routines for his classmates. Now of course the deal was they had to, he had to keep uh, he had to keep calm and well behaved for the rest of the day so that was the exchange he would do these routines carries early adolescence uh, took a, a turn for the tragic when his family was forced to relocate to Toronto they they lost everything they took uh, they ended up taking security janitorial jobs in a factory jim ended up working about 8 hour shifts after school so you could imagine his grades his morale, he suffered from depression, all of these things, his grades suffered. When they would leave the factory, the family lived out of a Volkswagen camper van until they could return to Toronto. Imagine that this is your childhood. And as I I guess I didn't realize that Jim went through so much, but but now, as you know, Jim, talk about a comeback through his life, and you probably know he's done over 50 movies. He has a net worth of around $200 million. I have a, a short audio clip, and this is from... Eckhart Tolle TV, it's all rights reserved for Eckhart Tolle and their TV. This is from a a conference back in 2009, and I'll talk more about Eckhart. He has this incredible book. It's very famous. Oprah actually made it famous. It's called The Power of Now. I I encourage you to keep, if you keep adding the books I give you to your reading list, uh, this is a great one, and we'll talk more about it. And uh, let me know if, uh, if you do read it and what you think of it. But this is a short clip where Jim... He's talking about his realization that uh, gave him the power to fully embrace and and I guess I would say accept his role in the world and how his intentions played a key part in it. It's really good.
1: It's our intention. Our intention is everything. Nothing happens on this planet without it. Not one single thing has ever been accomplished without intention. So I started thinking about my life and I started thinking about this Conference and what we're about, and and I looked back and I thought, well, I was two people my whole life. I was in the living room entertaining people, being a monkey, you know, doing my thing for the company, and and trying to relieve my mother who was suffering. She had uh, rheumatoid arthritis and phlebitis and everything, everything under the sun that was nagging at her, and she was depressed, and I wanted her to be free. And I wanted her to realize that her life was worth something because she gave birth to someone who was worth something. And then I would go into my room and I would sit with a legal pad. (laughs) I was a little kid. And I would sit there and I would try to figure out what it meant, what it was all about. Why are we here? What is this? And one day I read something from Buddha that said that all spirituality is about relieving suffering. And I suddenly realized that's what I'm doing in the other room. <laughs> and, and I'm aligned. You know, this my purpose is aligned with this. So I felt, incredibly lucky i lose sight of that all the time i get caught up in different concerns and ego concerns but i'm so lucky to be a part of this community and to 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 do something that is a value and i I really cherish that and we are all one thing it really is true can i speak to the, the the person in the last row in the very last seat against the wall is there is there someone back there that can say hello What's your name? Andrea, are, are you aware that, do you have the distinct palpable feeling that your intention created this evening as well as Melissa's? Do you understand that, that all of this, this entire event is happening inside you? We'll just try to feel it for a second, because it's a trip, man. Some people go to the Super Bowl. I am the Super Bowl, man. I swear. My friends are all going to see that play. That was great. I'm like, yeah, but the energy (laughs) coming out of me right now, man, is unbelievable. I'm just sitting there. I'm the stadium. I'm the vendors outside. I'm the crack dealer on the corner. I'm everything, man. There's no end to it, and it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So I hope you can feel that, and I hope you understand that you are one of the creators of this evening, that your intentions and your desires created this evening as well. And then I hope you are able to ask yourself, why did I get such a crappy seat and be okay with it? (laughs) I mean, you're in the last row, in the last seat, and yet you created this. And that's got to be—it's a really selfless thing to do.
0: I love—I uh, love Jim's uh, just vulnerability there. That we talked about that in the last podcast. Just his authenticity about his feelings and what he had been through and and that he had this intention in his life but us but it's bigger than just a being a comedian or a movie star or whatever whether making money or not making money and I I just really appreciate that about Jim because uh, we all know how funny he is but I mentioned Eric uh, Eckhart Tolle he has a quote on intention he says focus an intention on the feeling inside you know that it is the pain body Accept that it is there. Don't think about it. Don't let the feeling turn into thinking. I've talked about that before. It continues. Don't judge or analyze. Don't make an identity for yourself out of it. Stay present. Continue to be the observer is what is happening inside of you. Become aware not only of the emotional pain, but also of the one who observes, the silent watcher. This is the power of now, the power of your own conscience, presence. Then see what happens. So that's good stuff. Um, Be that observer, right? It's so hard to to sit there and watch your feelings. But last podcast I I talked about that as well. Just that, how do I observe those feelings, whether they're good, bad, or whatever they are? So real quick, to finish today, there's four steps towards intention. From uh, again, this is from Wayne Dyer, and this is to activate that power within you, that power of intention. And must we must then make contact with our natural self. Uh, Dr. Dyer goes on, he talks about, and stop identifying ourselves with our ego. As I mentioned, those six areas. When we started today, he says this process takes place in four stages. First stage is discipline. To learn a new task or to materialize your wishes, it requires commitment training. That's an easy one, but better habits, right? So discipline, number one. Second stage is wisdom. Wisdom combined with discipline reinforces our ability to concentrate, concentrate on what we want Right now, are you continually improving whatever you do, whether you're a a nurse or a teacher or stay-at-home parent, fireman, janitor, whatever you are, are you looking to continually improve yourself in that role, in your role? Third stage, love. It's an easy one, but after disciplining our body with wisdom, intellectually, we're studying the tasks ahead. We must learn to love what we do and to do what we love. I know I've never said that before. Fourth stage, surrender. Surrender. This is the place of intention. Our body, our mind—they—they. They, uh, it's a, here. It is. It's a simple question. It's about accepting to be carried by an immeasurable and indescribable force. I like to—I like to call it God. But that—that which transforms. Dr. Dyer goes on. It transforms acorns into trees, flowers into apples, tiny cells into human beings. I like to say I'm on a blue dot, and we're going 60, 67,000 miles per hour through space. It's like, what in the heck is this? But I don't try to, to measure it or think about it. Probably the hardest thing for me to continually do is to surrender. Surrender to the situation that happened to us, to surrender to who who I am. Are you surrendering that to who you are or who you are not? Dr. Dyer urges us not to, do, not to think of what must I do to get what I want? I've been there. But rather, what must I do to get what I intend to? to create. So we obtain what we intend to create by being in harmony with that power of intention. To achieve this, we have to become the image. Okay, so he defines it. He talks about faces, and therefore there are seven faces. He calls them them the faces of intention. Real quick, number one, creative. People say, well, I'm not creative. No, you are. You got to figure it out. Be creative. Number two, kind. We all know the world needs more kindness, But are are there parts in your life where you're not being kind? Are you on the neighbor apps, saying and doing things, or at your school? Number two, kind. Number three, love. That's an easy one. We know the world needs more love. Number four, beauty. We must seek and experience beauty in everything. Dr. Dyer says that life, truth, beauty, they're all symbols of the same thing. Expansive. So by being uh, expansive intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, we identify ourselves with the universal mind. And I... That to me is God. It's that universal presence. Number six is abundant. We come from an unlimited consciousness. It's then possible for us to join this infinite consciousness consciousness in our mind and do whatever we believe we can do and lastly, receptive are you are you ready? Are you receptive to all the things that you want to intend that, that your intentions are to create in your life? You got to be receptive, you got to accept it. So that brings me to the end of our of uh, today. I hope uh, you're making your comeback right now, from whatever you're dealing with this week, month. But please let your intentions help get rid of whatever those issues are. We started today with the power, defining the power of attention, and then I covered Graham's thoughts on it uh, and what that meant to me. It's very interesting that we were talking about that when I was a, a young person. But I hope you enjoyed Jim Carrey's clip and uh, just his not only incredible path to stardom but again that vulnerability and describing his feelings about intention and what your life is about and then we ended with some ways that you can activate your power today you can activate your power of intention thank you again for listening i really appreciate it have a great great week this is wc young remember sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes goodbye for now
1: If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter and see his speaking engagement schedule.